was your week? It was pretty good. Busy as always, but I guess the more interesting question was how was your weekend now that we much were on, better. on a Sunday? Yeah. I'm like, nobody cares about your work day. Sorry, <laughs> no, Ashley. No, we don't. talked about it on episode one. <laughs> and we talked about your work day and my work day. So yeah. we're over that. That's old news. <laughs> I'm over it already. Very far. Okay, but weekend, what'd you do? Weekend was good. Went to see Dune. Oh yeah, yeah. How was that? It was good. I really liked it. I think the visuals are extremely impressive. Yeah. Is it important to see it in theaters or not? Or I've like, had this discussion with a couple of people now, and a few people are tending to say they're just going to see it at home. That's me. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I want to see it at home because it's just I. Oh, come on, I'm. Why pay if it's free on my couch? Exactly. For me, it was pretty cool to see it in theaters. A little bit immersive. I mean, I guess if you wanted to see like Star Wars and theater you'd probably want to see this in theater but you'll probably still enjoy it if you watch it yeah i it is the visuals like the most important part of the movie or is it like one of the big facts like okay so for example do you remember what was that movie the james cameron movie with the blue Uh, avatar Avatar? yeah they were like Everyone was like, you must see this in theaters because the detail is so much. Like, that was the most important part of the movie was the visuals. Do you feel like Dune is the same? No, I think it has a bit more going on than just the visuals. But they are quite pleasant. Like, some of it was just so cool. Like, slow pans. Is it sort of like Mad Maxi on the visuals? You know, I never saw that. So oh. I'm not sure. Ooh, Mad Max had beautiful visuals. But from the trailers I saw, yeah, it's, it is kind of like that. Mm, okay, okay. Very sad. I'm still on the fence. I know, right? <laughs> Think sand. Do you... Okay, so wait, you were just talking about Star Wars a second ago. Do you get the sand meme, the Star Wars sand meme, if I were to say that to you? Ashley, you are so... You know what? I, feel I like, live under a rock. Thank you so much. I feel like our audience is going to either identify with you or me, like the person who gets all of the memes and the person who doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> I think that this podcast is going to help me get there. I just can't lie to you. It's don't just, lie. I'm don't lie. So, I'm under But I also... I filled my brain up with too much useless knowledge that I have conversations with people and I'm like, hey, do you get this really stupid reference? And they're like, no. Do you read books? Like, <laughs> I don't know if I do any of that. I work, I work, I work, I work, and I listen to podcasts. And do beach cycle. And I do beach cycling, which is the other thing I did today. And it was freaking beautiful. Tell the listeners what beach cycling is. Beach cycling is a spin cycle class literally on the beach in Santa Monica facing the water and in the sand on the beach in the sand on the beach like it is on the sand it like my whole weekend is sand themed that literally sounds like a dream it sounds like a dream that I don't know I was gonna say like Amy Schumer would have (laughs) and the only reason I'm thinking that is because she had like in one of her movies she was like obsessed with spin it was that I don't know. I'm like, I see, I spit references that I have no idea where they come from. <laughs> it's a very, very true. 
But yeah, that sounds like something Amy Schumer would really love. I Not that so. I particularly know what Amy Schumer would like, but... Uh, it has that vibe. It has that vibe. It really does. It has that vibe. Yeah. They're very motivational, and you wear headphones so that you can hear the teacher, and so you're like, in the zone, you're doing your thing, the sun's going down, or maybe if you're really early, you can go and do the sunrise one, but that is not me. That's, that's probably so. me. If I were to do it, I would do sunrise. Oh, I could totally see that. Okay, wait, do people ever come up, like, random strangers come pass by and are like, what are you doing? Like, do they try and talk to you? People are afraid of us, but they take a lot of photos of us. (laughs) There's, like, I'm sure I'm in a lot of tourists' photos or, like, locals who are just like, what the heck is that? Like, all these people in unison riding in a line with all these headsets on. They have, like, glowing lights. It's very weird. That's so funny. I also must know, are these bikes on the beach all the time, or are they, like, loaded on every day? That's a very good question. I ask myself the same thing, but I'm pretty sure they go into a box truck at night because there's this poor man who I see at the last... Yeah, at the end of the day, he's, like, lugging them down the sand. It's so much work for him. There's, like, literally one guy. I really hope he gets paid more than the CEO. I don't know. Wow. He's there every time. And it's heavy work. I would imagine. <laughs> I don't think I could move a single bike, let alone, like, how many are there? 20 on, at a at time? At least. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. But uh, did you go to Bunda this weekend? No. I only went to Bunda twice this week because um, I ran out of class pass credits. So I did not, as much as I said that I was going to work out this weekend, I did not. I just cleaned. Hey. That's it. That's a big deal. (laughs) Feels good, though. You know what? Tomorrow morning, I'm going to love myself because there is not a dirty dish in the sink. I have clean sheets. I have clean laundry. Like, the only thing I'm going to have to deal with in the morning is just cleaning up the cats. Whatever messes they made at night. Oh, gosh. All those cats. (laughs) they're so cute okay so today I don't know if I sent you this photo but I just sat down on the couch to read a little bit and I kicked my feet up on the coffee table so I was like slightly reclined and then one cat climbed on top of me and then another and then another and then another and like before you know it I had one two three four, five, six, seven, I had eight cats on me out of 11, (laughs) out of 11 of these kittens, I had eight of them on me. That's pretty incredible. While I was trying to read. So I had like the book in the air. They're just trying to make you like a living blanket. And then after a while, I was like, I can't do it. It's just, uh, I'm going to cuddle for a minute. I'm smothered. (laughs) They're so sweet. They're really sweet. I was over there when I was at your house yesterday and they're just yeah. like crawling at my back. Literally like, crawling trying. all over you. They're trying like, to get like, into my lap from like behind me over my shoulder. Hi. I know. They come out of nowhere. <laughs> they really do. They're like at your feet. And yeah. They climb up my leg. My, like my leg is a cat tree. Yeah. Like with their arms like grabbing at my leg. It's, <laughs> it, it's so ridiculous. But they're adorable. It, it's, they are full of love. So it's easy to receive it. What are you reading? You said you were reading a book. Oh, yeah. So I'm reading Atomic Habits and I have some feelings on it so far. So far. And so far it's not like necessarily positive. Okay, so half of it I feel like is positive because I'm like, okay, the concepts are great. I, okay, to be fair, I'm only on like, I'm on maybe 90 pages out of 
probably like 250, 300 pages, something like that. I mean, you're in. So I'm like a third of the way in, right? So I'm kind of like in it, but not like, uh, like in the middle yet. So some of it is good because I feel like it's really actionable, but I also feel like he says a little bit of like, I don't know. It just kind of feels like a little fat phobic, a little, a little. Fat phobic? Yeah. Like, like weight loss is part of the the transition to a better self? A little bit. Mm. Like he says some stuff that's like, um, it just like really rubs me the wrong way when authors do this, when they're like, oh, like if you want to lose weight, put that cookie down. And my thought is like, okay, that one cookie that's 120 calories is not the reason why you're like, you can't lose weight. That's not the reason. That uh, it just like bothers me because I feel like at that point it's like starting to micromanage people's lives where they can't even enjoy a cookie. Like that you bothers should not me. Feel ashamed for that one. And here thing. I'm like taking my jacket off because I'm literally getting heated about it. It it did drive me a little crazy. I'm like, he says some other things too that it's like pointing at your food and like the food and your weight are equal. Like how you eat directly affects your weight and then he was also saying like weighing yourself every morning is a good habit and I'm like no (laughs) but that's classic for a white man to write like it's just like some classic white man who wrote this book so I take that kind of information from them with a grain of salt because men don't necessarily recognize like um uh those kinds of behaviors in each other that are really toxic. And so they kind of perpetuate it for themselves and they don't recognize it. But like women were sweet. I don't know, like we're attacked by it. So for us, we recognize it instantly when somebody's like pointing out weight. I don't know. So anyways, sorry to make this like so negative already, but it's not negative. I think it's an interesting book. I, I've heard a few things about it. The thing I'm most curious about is like, they say it's little actionable steps, like a how-to guide. Like, I haven't read it, so I'm not so sure. So far, yes. That's exactly it. But it's like, for me, sometimes when authors just, like, really shove very specific perspectives down your throat that have nothing to do with the book, mm-hmm. that just really bothers me. Yeah. Like, this one time, I had a friend who... Okay, granted, this friend was also... He's also, like, part of a different generation. You know, he's Gen X. He's, like, a little bit older. But he recommended this book about, like, connecting with people in an age where people are so connected on their phones. Mm -hmm. And the whole book was just trashing on the millennial generation of, like, people who stand in the line and who look at their phones are just useless people to society. And I'm so much better because I don't look at my phone. I... I scan, you know, and look at people and I look at people's eyes and I'm like, the whole book is like, I'm so much better than you because blah, blah, blah. I'm so connected. And I'm like, I'm I'm like, right. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're just like this. This book is just full of ego and people who are on their phones are not more or less quote connected. So books like that, where they, where the author just pushes a personal agenda I can't see the real point of the book because their agenda is just so in my face. Well, maybe at the same time, their agenda is worthwhile, but their viewpoints are so limited that it doesn't translate to a wider audience. You know what I mean? Like, if if this book for the first 90 pages is mainly about, like, pushing healthy habits of eating, I mean, that certainly isn't transferring I mean, that's, to everyone. that's not, like, a main topic, but I also do understand that, like... 
again, like for older generations, they're not so sensitive to these things. So you could tell my aunt or my mom to put that cookie down and they're not going to be like, oh, you're fat shaming me or anything like that. But if you tell somebody of our generation, we might feel differently. Oh, 100%. Even though no matter what, it's fat shaming. (laughs) It's the same thing in a different form. Right. So I feel like maybe the audience that he's writing to is maybe a little bit older and a little bit less sensitive to those things because I've heard only positive things about this book and I've not heard one thing that's like, ooh, he's kind of bringing up things that he has no business bringing up. He's also an athlete. I should point that out as well. So again, he just might just have a lot of negative health things shoved down his throat and totally that could just be the place he comes from and so saying put that cookie down could be pretty benign to him you know yeah. whereas like and also the like weighing reader. yourself every day just okay. it's such a negative habit weighing yourself every day like, is something i did when i was doing my macros diet it gets so tiring does that not create you, an eating disorder like, <laughs> your weight does not change day to day no, but like, also like your does, weight is not fat either. Like it does not correlate fat loss to and weight loss are not the your same body thing. composition. No. And your body composition does not correlate to how you see yourself. They are all independent factors that you have to work very hard to link up in a positive way. I mean, I got to a place where I didn't I looked at the number on the scale and I didn't think it was amazing. I didn't think it was terrible. I was like, that is my weight. And it is pretty much the same as yesterday and you just get used to it so in a way weighing myself every day took the power away from what weight was Mm. which sounds really strange no but but that's that's interesting but I also I mean do you feel like you have a good perspective on your body in that kind of way because here's the thing I also don't weigh myself and if I were to I would have that same view as you it's just kind of like neutral Mm -hmm. not bad not good um but maybe five years ago, weighing myself every day was probably something that could have like caused more harm than good. I did not weigh myself for probably three or four years. I was very afraid to step on the scale. It was a bad day when I did step on the scale, and that's probably what caused me to go on my diet. But I think I developed a healthy relationship to weight, but only because I developed a healthier relationship with eating. Mm, yeah exactly that's the thing is it's like if you're prone to eating disorders like don't don't encourage people to do something that's going to enhance it yeah I think it's I think weight no matter what is is really just the side effect of an underlying problem I mean for me it's anxiety it it wasn't that I didn't know how to eat right (laughs) like that's the thing is it's like um we have so much access to so much information at this day and age like people who are like quote overweight or you know out of shape in any way like don't tell them what to do at the same time like duh they know there's information out there but let them live their life they don't have to live the life that that you expect them to live well I always look at things a little bit from a medicalized approach. Which I love. (laughs) Ashley the mess. So I'm just always like, don't comment on the symptoms. Like, what is the root cause? What is causing someone to be unhappy? What is causing someone to gain weight or lose weight or not be able to change something they want to change? There's something underlying that. Maybe there's a few things underlying that. Maybe there's a history there. You know, 
try talking to someone, have some empathy. <laughs> you know what? What I've really realized lately is the world is lacking empathy right now. Mm-hmm. It's because people have been strung on too long with COVID. They cannot, you know, you can barely handle yourself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even truly myself, and we were having this conversation yesterday, I just feel like I don't know, maybe the energy is just so negative that it's like starting to like latch on to me and I'm like starting to be a part of it. But like recognizing that I'm like, ah, get away. I don't want it. Get it off me. Gross. Ew. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had the same thing. And I think, like I said before, I'm prone to anxiety. So it wasn't necessarily that I was, ex- well, I was probably pretty negative, but it was more like hyperactive negativity. Like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do this. Mm. You know? Whereas maybe for you, it's slightly different. I'm not sure, but it's, yeah, there's something in the air, maybe. Yeah, the negativity for me is like, everybody is pissing me off kind of thing. Like, everybody's doing something to bother me. Everybody's doing something wrong, which is such a selfish perspective. And I feel like that only ever comes with a negative mindset. Sometimes I just wonder if we're all just still suffering from burnout. I think so too. I really do. The, the way that this world is just uh, falling apart on us before our eyes, it just makes me really sad because if people are getting so frustrated and they don't know what to do with their feelings, honestly, and <laughs> no. so people are just getting angrier and more frustrated mm-hmm. and it's uh, it passes on to each other. It definitely feeds. It definitely feeds and grows. And I mean, I feel like I just keep coming back to it. It's like, you just have to think about those things that make you happy. Like I call this, this LA vibe, like my sunshine medicine. Just always every day, like I have to find that piece of my day that reminds me, hey, I'm in LA. Like there's good things here. I wanted to be here. I'm doing good things myself. Just try to like fend off that like negative energy that just floats around I don't know yeah we shouldn't be having this season you know what I would love to know now okay so let's kind of shift the conversation into a positive Mm. spin now what what has been your metaphorical sunshine medicine this week what has what has LA given you that has brought you happiness this week oh that's tough tough because there's nothing Ellie is just doom and gloom right now don't move here it's horrible (laughs) (laughs) um I I mean not to like cycle back and and regurgitate but I feel like the beach cycle is usually the thing that kind of kickstarts me and keeps me going yeah it's a little bit meditative it's slightly spiritual it is yeah. it sounds it I mean to watch the sunset on the beach yeah it's so beautiful and zone out like um there's a girl like there's a girls group where we met and another girl had messaged me on there she's like oh I've been seeing that you're going to beach cycle I want to join so this this random girl just up and came to the class and sat beside me and chatted with me and she was wonderful and so lovely so just like you know just the energy that comes from trying new things and meeting new people and it just reminds you like okay someone else somewhere is having a different experience than me and maybe this is like the best day for them and like it's not all horrible I love that I love that that's a, that's great is thinking about like the perspectives of the other people that 
that are maybe not so negative right now and yeah. that haven't been crushed by whatever society has handed them yet. Totally. <laughs> I know. I was like, I think she's a little bit younger than me, so maybe she's just having the time of her life. Good for her. <laughs> so, I need that. Yeah. So what's your sunshine medicine this week? Um, Let's see. Um, Definitely. I mean, this is not specific to LA, but the sugar cookie latte at Starbucks. I've had a lot and I'm not a Starbucks person, nor am I like a sugar person, but I've decided that my signature scent dash flavor is cookie for winter. Like I want to smell like a cookie all the time. Yeah. I want to taste cookies all the time. Cookie is just my thing right now. What sort of cookie are we (laughs) talking? Like those white, like sugar cookies. Yeah. Okay. So the thing is- yeah, like a shirt, like a like with the sprinkles, like oh, a Christmas, yeah, okay. like a Christmas uh-huh. cookie. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's what they have at Starbucks right now, and I'm obsessed. So I get it with the half the sweetener because Starbucks is way too sweet for me. What's your milk? Oat milk every time. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. It okay. So the latte tastes like uh, kettle corn. It doesn't really taste like what? sugar cookie. It tastes like kettle corn. At least with the oat milk, maybe it makes it taste different. But it's really good. <laughs> so that's my sunshine medicine this week. That's a good recommendation, too. So yeah. good. Because I hadn't heard of it. Yeah, it's new this year. Perfect. Yeah. I went the first day that it came out. I, I like, woke up early and I was like, ooh, I have time to go get a coffee. And I was, I was like, scrolling on Instagram and I saw the ad that the red cups were out and the, the new flavors were out. So I, like, I was going to say ran to the drive-thru. No, I drove straight to the drive-thru. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And how are you going to smell like a cookie? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the way that I'm smelling like a cookie right now is my deodorant is Native, which oh, I love yeah. their deodorant. Nice. They're, they have a sugar cookie deodorant right now. Seriously? It smells so good. <laughs> it smells so <laughs> Good. I got it at Target. I really like Nada's deodorants. They smell really good, but I especially love them because they do seasonal ones. <laughs> like I know they, <laughs> I know they did a pumpkin spice one. I didn't get the pumpkin hey, spice that one. That girl smells like cake. <laughs> She's yeah. Okay, but they had a sugar cookie, and I got it. Okay, but the thing that really kicked off the sugar cookie smell like obsession is Glossier came out with. Um, it's the uh, like speculose cookie um, from Trader Joe's. Mm. The cookie butter, I guess, yeah, is what yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. It, they have a cookie butter lip balm. So I got that and it's divine. So after that, I was like, oh, I think I just want to smell like a cookie for Christmas. So that's, that's all I want for Christmas. I just want to smell like a cookie and taste like cookies. <laughs> so, that's, so that's bringing me the most joy. Let's say this. If you're feeling down this week, you have a rescue plan to get yourself up. You go get your latte. You put on that deodorant. You smell <laughs> like a cookie. You spray you yourself. Especially put that deodorant on. And you go outside and you tell people. I know. <laughs> Christmas is coming. I know, right? You know, it's so funny. As soon as I put the deodorant on, I like run up to Nestor with my pits. And I'm like, I'm a cookie. I'm a cookie. <laughs> It's so stupid. It's so stupid. But no, that's it's my so thing. cute. That's my thing lately. <laughs> Welcome back. Um, now we're going to talk about fast fashion. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Fashion that is fast. That's the topic. <laughs> <laughs> the opposite of slow fashion. It's, it's extreme sports fashion. Oh my god. <laughs> I feel like fast fashion is so strange to say now because pretty much all fashion you can access right now is fast fashion. Yeah, I know. People like, like to reserve the term for just like... H&M and Forever 21. Zara. Yeah, but like, those are just maybe the fastest. <laughs> They're just doing it the best yeah. if we're talking about making fast fashion. Yeah, pretty much anywhere that you buy clothes that are brand new is fast fashion. Mm-hmm. Even your probably favorite sustainable places. It's so true. But that, you know, I think relies heavily on the trend cycle. And I was I was telling you about that TikToker. I have to let me get her actual TikTok name because I feel like people should actually follow her. Mm-hmm. Um, but she talks a lot about. Um, OK, her Instagram name. OK, so her name name is Mandy Lee. I absolutely love her. So she talks a lot about trend cycles and fashion in that way. Um, but her username is old loser in Brooklyn. Um, so I think you guys should definitely follow her. She's super interesting, Mm -hmm. but a lot of it, a lot of what she talks about is like trend cycles and how, uh, where people buy specific pieces and trend cycles and how you can kind of predict those things. And that's a lot of what these brands are doing is basically like predicting when you're going to be buying these things and like, yeah, just like making way too much of it and just creating like too much waste. That's something (laughs) like I was, well, let's say this. I did a lot of research because that is my nature and I have a four page document, which we are not going to use. Oh my God. (laughs) She literally did so much research. I'm just, I love it with links. There's like references at the very bottom, like a literal college. (laughs) I'll put them in the show notes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 We'll put, we'll put all this stuff in the show notes. Um, yeah. So tell us some of your favorite, uh, slash least favorite facts. Well, I mean, I think the most striking thing and the first thing I read and the first thing I wrote was there's 80 billion pieces of new clothing purchased each year on a global scale. 80 billion. Yeah. That's how many pieces is each person buying? I truly want to know how many of those pieces is just like ASOS hauls on YouTube. <laughs> The word haul gives me cringe energy. I know. Like, no, stop hauling. I know. It's garbage. Haul your, haul your ass over to the, the thrift store. <laughs> right? Stop it. Haul yes. yourself to Hobby Lobby and pick up a sewing machine, girl. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess that translates to 1.2 trillion annual going into the pockets of the global fashion industry. So... That's not a feel good number. Money, 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 money. It's all money. It's all. I guess you could say it's a capitalist thing. It's about making money. I guess everything is capitalist. What do you mean? Like. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that is what I was interested to read about. Like fast fashion is clearly negative. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But what is the benefit of fast fashion? I mean, we were discussing that. Like there are. People out there that can now access, well, people, all of us can now access these amazing styles and trends and things that like the stars are wearing, that people are wearing that in, 
no one could ever look like that before. And now you can look like that the next day. Like they're recreating these things like overnight. You want to look like so-and-so on TV, you go into Zara the next day or there's going to be some kind of knockoff. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some pros and cons to that. Um, like the pros are, are like, like you're saying, like the accessibility, like, you know, whether or not it's like to look like somebody or to stay up with trends, like accessibility is a major thing with mm-hmm. fast fashion. Like mm-hmm. you can count on being able to get a $2 tank top at Forever 21 and anybody can go buy a $2 tank top. Like versus if you go to Aritzia, it's like what, like $30. I mean, Aritzia is not like necessarily like I don't know, like the most sustainable anything either, but um, that's just what I mean about like uh, accessibility. Accessibility. I feel like a lot of these stores too are better for size accessibility. Yeah, you're you're hundred percent right. A lot of um, like more smaller brands, they're yeah, the they they're don't not. they have zero range. They have in, no range. Size. So it's like. If the capitalists want you, they will make it easy for you to join this. Hey, this that's problem. their job. That's that, their that's job. That's their job. Their solution is to ha- figure out how they can take your money. <laughs> so there are benefits. Like it's not all the absolute worst thing ever. You know, you can s- express yourself. You can develop some kind of style, although it's very yeah, prescribed. See, this, is, this is this is where I kind of have conflict with this conversation because, like. I understand accessibility being a major important like benefit of fast fashion, but at the same time, like at what point are we drawing a line of being like, okay, are, are you just trying to look cute because your friend looks cute and that same thing? Like I, I know there, I guess like, I already know the answer to this. Like my question uh, to myself would be like, if there are so many options for people to be able to shop at a, um, you know, more sustainable option, less fast or whatever it is, but I already know the answer is just like, it is how easy it is to, to get basically like, it's so much easier to order something off of Amazon and get it, like you said, like tomorrow or the next day mm-hmm. versus scrolling through Etsy to find a designer that you actually like, and it is actually within your budget. Like, Time is a huge thing. Like, that's a commodity for people. So I know that's why people are choosing to purchase through fast fashion. They, they, it's reliable. It's quick. Um, return policy is a huge thing. Um, if you buy something from a small business, the return policy is not going to be as lenient as a large corporation. Mm-hmm. So there, there are definitely some benefits in that. And the price. Like we keep saying, like, you want to look good for less. That makes sense. Your life is changing. You have to have different outfits for different parts of your life, work, home, going out. Like, it makes sense. You can't always afford to buy new pieces for every occasion or whatever. Like, I can understand why people subscribe to fast fashion and why it's pretty much the leading way that fashion is right now. That's how people access fashion right now. Yeah. So I wonder then, like, where where does this go? Because you were talking about how much waste is made a year. Like, if we continue on this trajectory, <laughs> like, there's going to be more clothing than there is, like, water on the earth. <laughs> That's actually really scary. But they call this, apparently, the linear model. So, uh, from my reading, they were saying that it's, like, take, make, and waste. That's a linear model. There's no cycle. Yeah. It is 
take. So you're harvesting the raw materials. So we talk about synthetic materials that have all of these byproducts and all of these negative chemicals that get into water and mm, get into land leaching yeah. this the take is terrible and those are just the synthetic materials or the energy that's needed to make a synthetic material even if you think about cotton so unless it's organic cotton cotton is a huge water taker to mm -hmm. to produce and to make a fabric out of that has a huge take which i had no idea so really only organic cotton is something that would be quote sustainable yeah you know what's so interesting in conversations about fast fashion most people are talking about the end the end result of the waste and not a lot of people are talking about the waste uh at the beginning the waste it takes to create absolutely from, from scratch the moment you i guess take that is the waste like the minute that you start to make a thing that is where the waste starts so Take is the harvesting of the raw materials. Make is the production. These are just the first few steps. It all leads to waste. So the wearing and the subsequent disposal is the waste. Notice how the wearing is part of the waste. Like how long are you wearing something? Yeah, that's okay. So that's also the thing is it's like sometimes the quality isn't made to wear. There's that argument. It's but then also like made to wear. But also, is there a way that you can make things? I mean, that's also an argument that on the positive side of fast fashion, if you're able to keep a garment and, and make it last four, five, ten years, like, that's not fast. That's that's lasting you just as long as some of these other pieces. So 100%. it really depends on, on what your intention is with buying the item. And I think that's one of the places that people actually have control because a lot of this feels so out of the general population's control because really it is. Like... You don't have a choice in how a company decides to produce these materials. Sure, you can choose not to buy there, but let's say you're already in the fast fashion. You've already purchased all these things and you're learning this now and you're like, oh my God, this is terrible. Well, what can you actually do that right in the middle of it? You can keep those things in your closet, wear them, use them, show them off, keep them looking fresh, maintain your materials, get that thing to last a long time. Or figure out new ways to wear it, which is also like one of the reasons why, I, again, I really love um, yeah. the old loser in Brooklyn, her account, um, because she shows you really unique ways to rewear your pieces. Like mm -hmm. the best place to shop is your closet. Like you can repurpose and, and without even having any knowledge of how to sew or how to stitch or cut any fabric, like. You don't need to do any of that. It's so unnecessary. So there are ways you can modify. Like, what is what are some of the like tips that you think would work for you or that you're already doing? Uh, in terms of like reusing clothes, yeah, reusing, rewearing, repurposing. Yeah the the big thing that I find is sometimes okay. So I'm I like to donate clothes once I feel like I've kind of lived through them, right? But sometimes I'll set a pile of clothes aside that I'm unsure of and I'll like set them aside for a few months or like put them away for a year or something. And then I open my suitcase and I completely forgot that I put this like shirt away that I wasn't sure that if I liked or didn't like. And now that I see it again, I'm totally in love with it. So that's one way is just kind of like uh, knowing, I guess, like the, the time of when you, I, I don't know, like when you feel that the outfit or the shirt like matches the time in your life mm. I don't know that's kind of specific um so that's one way um and then another way is just like getting super experimental with how you actually wear 
the the specific piece. If it's like a plain white t-shirt, like you're going to be able to use that in anything and everything. If it's a little bit of like a more patterned shirt that is like can only go with like one or two things, like figure out what it goes with and uh, what it what you would not expect it to go with and just play around. I think playing around um, helps you find your personal style. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're left with only what you have in your closet, you're really forced to find new ways to wear it. Or if it's the exact same outfit that you would wear it, how you would accessorize it differently to make it more uh, different for the occasion or whatnot. I don't know. I feel like we talk about that a lot. Like, I think I got more into thrifting. Like, I liked thrifting, but I was really taken aback by how good the thrifting is in LA. And so we've been talking a lot about <laughs> I that. I love thrifting in LA. Yeah. It is my favorite thing You are to the do. thrifting queen. I mean, let's be real. So Truly, my closet is becoming less and less of stuff that I've bought in stores and more and more of what I've bought at a thrift store. Like, truly... I would say probably my closet is 80% thrifted at this point. That's so impressive. Which is insane. Yeah. I'm, I'm truly proud of myself. You should be. <laughs> and um, let's just be clear. Katie always looks fresh. Like, it's not like Katie is okay. showing up like, <laughs> wow, is that, is that thrifted? <laughs> like, well, no, she's you She's looking good. No, you do ask if it's thrifted, but you ask if it's thrifted because you're impressed. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> yeah. That's true. I'm not like worried. I, I'm very impressed. And I'm just like, how is that thrifted? It's a game for me at this point. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like thrifting super pushes you to find your personal style. Like That's so exactly much faster. Right. Like so much faster. When I first started in LA, I mean it's hard because I think that the style of like anyone's wardrobe is kind of dictated by like where they live or where they've been or where mm -hmm. they mostly spend their time. So I was saying like I had all blacks. I'm currently wearing all black, but I had all black and like dark colors because I came from like a dark, rainy little Same. spot. And yeah, my fashion was so out of whack in Portland too. Yeah, because there wasn't like thrifting there is not the same as it is here. No, it's like a lot of a lot of plaids, a lot of like skinny jeans and like kind of ripped jeans and boot situations so it, it's cute it works for those places. for that area totally and I think it's dictated a little bit by like the weather 100 warm yeah. layers so you come here and you're like well it's not gonna work like first of all I'm very uncomfortable in this flannel jacket with Sherpa inside and it looks very <laughs> weird. So Right. Like, you, you look like you came from the Pacific Northwest, like transplanted. Yeah. hundred like, percent confused and lost. So that is that was like the first part for me was like, okay, before I figure out what my style is, I have to like undo like the fact that my style is all wrong. Like it's not bad. It's just all wrong for where I, I am. So like that was the first step I think is undoing like what I was stuck in. And then yeah. noticing that I could build my own personal style and take influence from everything I was seeing around the city and the people I was meeting and the environment and the thrift stores, like, they have so much selection. So you really have to go in with, like, an open yeah. mind. Yeah. Thrifting is, is, I have a lot of feelings about it because I do it a lot. <laughs> um First of all, I think it's important when you thrift to be mindful of how much you thrift. Again, going back to this like haul mentality, I see so many 
like um quote like uh like thrift slash sustainable influencers but they are also just doing ridiculous amounts of like thrifting hauls which I feel kind of uncomfortable about because I'm like well you're still over purchasing you're you're still wasting on some perspective and also like the people who wanted to buy those for their actual closet cannot now buy those <laughs> because you've hauled them out of that goodwill. And they're not, <laughs> you know, like, are these people actually wearing all these clothes? Probably not. Yeah, that's exactly my point. Like, It's a costume yeah, for them. Yeah, and you know what? I've heard, I hear often, um, this is not like an influencer-specific issue. This is like, I know that a lot of people struggle with this, especially when they're learning how to thrift, is because it's so cheap, you can convince yourself to just buy it and throw it in the basket. Uh, you and I have done this. I know that we've done this like thrifting before oh, where totally. we're like, oh, we'll just buy it. It's like $3, like whatever. But it's kind of a bad habit to build because it's still kind of like a waste, a wasteful habit because you're still taking you're still taking something you're not going to use and you're wasting. You're taking more than you really need. No, I'm, I am definitely in that trap because I'm so excited. Yeah, you get excited time, and also like, especially in the beginning when you're discovering your style. That's the hardest part. Is yeah. You're like, well, this you buy things work. you think you think are cute right in the moment or you, you think you love because that was your style like a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. But like once you bring it home and try it on, it like never leaves the house. <laughs> exactly. So I think to kind of combat that, you've been taking some things back like kind of in a cycle like I do it often yeah. yeah it's like the one in one out method which works really well for you I feel like I need to get into that too if I'm gonna start thrifting I need to have like that one in one out I also just get really overwhelmed with junk like if I if something's in my room for too long without a place it, it just gets kicked out like I'm like if it does not have a home mm -hmm. it, it it's home is not my floor it is not bring, it's not bringing <laughs> it does not joy. belong yeah there's no sparking joy here yeah sparks just frustration <laughs> sparking frustration well I mean I think like that makes a lot of sense and that's a skill that I have to learn going forward if I want to keep yeah my sanity because I'm bursting at the seams with all these like cold weather clothes that I brought and I'm still not sure what to do with them and I don't think it makes a lot of sense to give them away here so I might take some of them home give some yeah away well home. hey don't underestimate how cold people get in LA though not LA itself but the people <laughs> yeah cold. well yeah that's yeah yeah that's that's what I mean that too but also like there is big bear so people will will still go dry out to the snow so, so they might need some of my They might need sweaters. some giant, giant stuff. <laughs> Should we move on to Q&A? Yeah, let's do it. Cool, let's do it. Cool. Cool. Hey. Hey. How have you been? <laughs> Since, since, since a few minutes ago, real good. That little song <laughs> Those space. <laughs> that space for ads. Really good. I yeah. hope everyone enjoyed it just as much as we did. Yeah, super enjoyed. Okay, so this is the part of the podcast where we do some sort of Q&A. So typically, uh, we would reserve this time to have a Q&A with our guests. Mm -hmm. um, but since we have no guests on this episode... We are um, the guests. We will Q&A each other. Yeah. Um, so uh, you did a lot of research. Um, 
my research is mostly just like personal experience and just what I've seen on the internet, but you, you actually like did research. So, um, yeah. Um, wait, I'm going to look at my notes. <laughs> okay. So tell me about the, okay. So you were talking earlier about like a linear, um, what did you call it? Uh, like a linear model of fashion, a linear model of fashion precisely. Um, so on the reverse side of that, there is a circular mm -hmm. line of fashion. Yeah. So how how's that? What is that about? So I think I think the buzzword at this point is closed loop fashion. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, because it's exactly that. It's a line or it's a circle. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Hopefully, one is like recycling, reducing, and coming back in a positive way, right? Whereas the other one was strictly focused on getting it out, mass production, like straight to waste. Like there's there's no benefit except for the, the, the five minutes you're wearing the piece of clothing, right? Do you think uh, this closed loop system is um, the solution that fast fashion needs or do you think it's a solution? In my personal opinion, I think we all just need to think a little less about how we look and Ooh. think a little bit more about the environment if we really want to make an effort to change. But I think this is a step. I think this is a step to retaining the fashion industry and making less of a negative impact. So how does it typically work with a company? So if they decided to adopt this process, what would it, what would it look like? Yeah, um, I think there are a number of ways that a company would adopt some of the um, closed loop practices to make themselves less linear. So a few things that I was reading about include, and, and these are pretty hot topics too, um, garment take back programs. So I, I guess after I researched this, a lot of my ads became targeted. So like on Instagram, <laughs> of course, it was so strange. There was, I think two, at, at least two that were targeted to me on that same day. And one was a, a clothing company or a shoe company actually that was saying basically like a a glass bottle. If you put a discount down when you buy these shoes, we will take them back from you at any point. We will recycle them. We will make them new and you can have a new pair from us. Oh, wait. I think I've heard of this. Yeah. I think I've heard of this company before. Yeah. I can't, I didn't write the name down, but I was like, that's interesting. Yeah. I've heard of, I, I, again, I also do not know the name of it, but I feel like I've heard of this company before. Yeah. You probably got it on Instagram too. Yeah. I've also targeted. Yeah. <laughs> So, and I was like, okay, so garment take back programs. So you can wear anything you buy from that brand and they will take it back no matter what quality it is, what age it is, what like style it is that whenever you they're buy They're just it. using the fibers, basically. You yeah. think they're bleaching it and then just kind of using the, the clean fiber? I mean, or whatever one can hope. They may also be like a greenwash company and they're just sending it off and burning mm. it in a hole. Yeah. I don't know yet. I don't trust everything just yet, but the idea is there, right? Like the fact that they could possibly take off the soles, resole the shoe, clean the shoe, like sell it again as new. I mean, some things are really like some materials last forever, right? You know what? I watch a lot of old makeup TikToks, like where they show like old makeup palettes and those things were so none of them was none of them were single use because everything was metal basically but everything was refillable all like literally every in like freaking 1910s you can get this cute little compact for your wrist and you can refill your lipstick anytime at the drugstore like it 
it's so sustainable. It's ridiculous that we don't do anything like that. I right know, now. but you can understand why. Like, do you have time to be like, I'm going to take my 25 small containers to the store and get <laughs> some lady to like refit some lipstick in there? Like, hey, that's why they have uh, those in mail subscription boxes now because we're lazy. We are lazy. <laughs> that is what makes me so mad. It's like, I'm so lazy. Like, I have filled my time with like, working myself to a point of tears and driving on the highway and I do not have time for any of these things it's a it's a mindset it's slower life it's slower living like it is caring more about basically the opposite life that society is trying to get us to live is the life that we're supposed to live (laughs) I mean kind of like I even remember my grandma being like um you know she she always looks really nice. And I, w- I would say to her, like, when she comes over, like, oh, I really like your outfit or whatever. And she's like, oh, these slacks, you know, I've had these slacks for years. And I'm like, have you really? Like, they look brand new. And she's like, well, I'm not of your generation. Like, we buy yeah. like, classic pieces and they last forever. And I mean, and clearly, they look good. And they, and they look, look good. good. Grandma's she, fly. Grandma's fly. She's like, <laughs> I picked my style and I'm sticking to it. And that's fine. She, I mean, she's always looked the same to me. Um, like since I know I've known her, but yeah. She doesn't subscribe to like the trends, right? Yeah. So. so um give me an example of um some sort of like sustainable um or closed loop business here in LA. Do you have any? Yeah. So it's hard because I think there's a lot of places in LA that are trying really hard to do this. Like I think as many as there are fast fashion brands, there are equal numbers of people that really truly care and want to be closed loop. They want to have these take back programs. Hopefully they care because you also brought up greenwashing earlier, which is a problem where companies pretend that they care, but the only thing they have in mind still is profit. I know. Yeah, actually, it might be good if you you tell us a little bit more about greenwashing before we get into it. Like, you were telling me about, like, coach bags and, like... Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, basically, uh, I kind of gave, like, a quick overview, but greenwashing essentially is, like, when a company is overly being, like, we're eco-friendly, we really care... They use a lot of buzzwords. They use things like green, eco-friendly, sustainable. They use those buzzwords a lot. And when they overuse them, you know that's a red flag because you're like, okay, (laughs) I get it. Yeah. What's the issue? So places that are notorious for greenwashing are also those places that are fast fashion. So places like H&M that have a conscious line, an eco-conscious line, where it's like, hey, you know, maybe the 400 pieces of clothing that we produce every season are really horrible for the planet, but we made 20 that are kind of nice and, you know, we tried. Like, that's a prime example of greenwashing. And then you have companies that their primary, um, like, uh, marketing message is about how green and eco-friendly they are. Like, that's what they push. Like, that's such a red flag <laughs> slash green flag. Um, <laughs> such a green flag. Yeah, so um, that's just always something to look out for. And the best way to just avoid purchasing or supporting a greenwashing company is just to really know the the values of the company themselves and where their money is going and what they actually support uh, and what they're actually doing outside of the production of their clothes. Um, those are ways that you can really differentiate like a really good company versus 
one that's just trying to greenwash their way into your pocket. Absolutely. And I think a really key thing that you brought up is like the language they're using. Like if they're using these big words that have no real definition. Yeah. It's like, it's like the word natural, right. Versus organic. Like everything can be natural, but like only one thing can be certified organic. Yeah. So what does that mean? Like if you're questioning the definition of these terms that someone's giving out, or there's too many words or they just don't. It's the same word you see over and over again. If, If it feels fishy, it probably is. Absolutely. Because I think a lot of these companies are, Kind of in that greenwashing cycle. Yeah. Okay, but the but tell me about the stores in LA or yeah. what, what you have so found. I I have some personal experience with one particular store that I'm really pretty pleased with. Um, it's a store um, based out of LA. Uh, it's called Whimsy and Row, and I just stumbled upon them when I was walking around Culver City taking my dog to get groomed and. Just thought, oh, like, I'll check them out. They look really cute. Like, it had some, like, I don't know, just a really subtle, like, calming color palette. And, like, their storefront was just, like, huge windows. And I was like, well, okay, I'll walk in and just see what's up. Whimsical. So whimsical. (laughs) I don't know what the row is. But it's just, it was really pretty. So, walked in. There was a really nice girl in there. She's like, hi. And there was a cute dog in there. And I was just like, this is great. I just, I can't leave. If it has a dog. (laughs) I know. I actually was a wiener dog. So I was like. (gasps) Oh my God. I always wanted a wiener dog. I've always wanted a wiener dog. (laughs) So I was sold. I'm like, okay, well, even if I don't want to buy anything, I'm going to spend at least five minutes here petting your dog. Uh So. Yeah, of course. Fine. So I'm going around. I'm doing my thing. And I'm like, so cheap. So I looked at the (laughs) price tags. I was like, oh my God. Everything was really expensive. And I was like, hold on. What's expensive? Because expensive is is different for everyone. $185 for a button-down <gasps> t-shirt. I think that's expensive for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Very expensive. But let's talk about it. So that was my initial reaction was like, Lord, no, like I I cannot afford this. And then I really got thinking about it. And I was talking to the girl too. Like um, she was someone who worked at the, I guess, factory lines. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you can call them factories when it's a small company and she was just helping support that the storefront that day so she had a totally different experience she wasn't in sales she wasn't trying to sell me she's just Mm -hmm. like hey let's talk about this store you're here you're new to LA you're asking questions like I'll tell you about it so she said hey you've probably noticed that these prices are pretty high yeah yeah they're pretty high like I don't know if I can afford a whole lot and she was like yeah that's the point is that you're not supposed to come in here and buy like 50 pieces you're supposed to come in here and get a couple of things that you need that you want to wear for a long time and she said you certainly will wear our pieces for a long time we only use materials that are durable we only use um i think they're only using like organic cottons canvas is like a big one i wonder though just kind of going back to the discussion of trend um are these pieces that are timeless so that's, that's a really good question. That's the idea of like a seasonless style. Mm-hmm. So like something that could be worn in any season, something that's not trying to fit a niche. It's sort of trying to be useful all year round or useful in different wardrobes for different styles. I don't know if they're completely seasonless. I don't know if they're completely there, but certainly it's trying. Like the piece that I fell in love with was a canvas, uh, mini skirt with pockets on the front 
So that material is extremely durable, like canvas. Like yeah. it, it stretches a little bit, it gives, so I'm not uncomfortable, but I have not noticed any like pilling. I have Do you wear noticed, often? I wear it all the time. Ooh, like, nice. Constantly. I love it. It's one of my most favorite things. Um it's really, really durable. And I asked her about it and she's like, yeah, we double stitch everything. We do not want anything breaking down. If something tears or rips, bring it back. We will fix nice. it for you. That's like, great. That is their point. They're, they build these things by hand. They're built by local people. They're hiring local like people to work in their factories. Their designer is a girl from, I think she's from, I don't know if she's from San Francisco, but she did some schooling on the West Coast in California she wanted to meet the trends in California, but she also wanted to basically kind of kill that fast fashion vibe and yeah. bring really like hearty, long lasting, slightly seasonless trends um, or pieces uh, in a way that would be more sustainable. So like a lot of her fabrics too are like extra pieces that come from other productions, like they'll upcycle things and things that can't... Um, like little ends and bits that they can't use. They'll send off. I think they said they send it to some place in New York um, where there's like, yeah, Mary Mole. It's a, it's a re- textile recycling company in New York that actually nice. uses small scraps for small bits. Like they make small things out of it and they actually sell those things too. So pretty much nothing is going to waste. That's great. Like this company has all of their metrics. Like there's a huge, super detailed page about and them. And transparent. Transparency so is such an important part about finding a company that you trust. Absolutely. And they're transparent about everything. Like they're transparent about how they treat their employees. They're transparent about where they're building their their um, pieces, where their fabrics are coming from, where their fabrics are going. Like it was, it's, it is very transparent. And I think that's why I listened to the girl and I was like, hey, okay, so the, all these things are why I'm paying $185 for a button down shirt. Not everyone can afford that. Not everyone can do this. But this is the start. You know, these companies that actually care. And if people start to go that way and all these companies start to do this, like possibly eventually it will start to be cheaper. Exactly. It would start becoming more affordable because it's, I mean, the places like Forever 21 are eventually going to have to adapt in some way, shape, or form, especially um, hopefully cross our fingers that this amazing new generation coming through can help us create some new laws and government that kind of help and support that. Yeah. So like from your experience and your knowledge, because you're way more knowledgeable about this. This is from my like my research. What kind of, I guess, what kind of action and change do you think society needs to go through to have this actually come to the forefront and actually work? That's such a hard question um, because I think there are so many factors that come into play. Like I'm first and foremost, capitalism is the root of every cause of evil in this country, (laughs) truly. So um, eliminating capitalism will eliminate a lot of issues. Um, If we're not focusing on that issue and we're focusing entirely on environmental, I mean, again, everything comes down to capitalism, but um, On a personal level, just thinking about how one person, each individually can just minimize our waste. Um, Because I do, I I hesitate to push people on how many facts about how corporations are the cause of all this waste, because I think that eliminates personal responsibility. And I think that's the furthest thing that we should be doing. 
Um, because regardless of if companies are creating this waste, we should always have personal responsibility of our own waste um, and the ways that we're doing things. So just always being conscious and then um, seriously dedicate time to figuring out your personal style so that you're not so reliant on trends. Um, and the only reason you should be shopping or that, you know, people really do shop at fast fashion um, in outside of um, necessity uh, is to keep up with trends. So I think the further away that you walk from trying to fit in and trying to fit into trends, whatever that looks like, um, I think that's liberating in a lot of ways. But also I think that just helps uh, on an environmental aspect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think liberating is definitely the right word. Like once you figure out that you are capable of de developing your own trend, your own style, like go into that closet, make a new trend, like mix and match, entertain yourselves. Like you don't need to go yeah. to H&M and find something new every or Zara, weeks. as cute as everything is. I like, know, honestly, no, truly, like, for real, stop following these accounts on social media. First of all, like, they don't need you as a follower. Like, you already know Zara exists. You don't need to be seeing every single piece that they're coming out with. That's just going to encourage your mindset to, to think about consuming. And we want to avoid a consumerism mindset here. Um, so I think being satisfied with what you have and being able to create, I mean, that's what, those are the accounts that I truly love to follow on social media are the ones that are really changing the game that are like, um, I've had this piece for 10, 15 years and I'm still making it look relevant and new. I think those are really interesting people. And I think those are the people that are going to be leading fashion in hopefully a positive light. Mm-hmm. Consume cookies, not fashion. Consume cookies, not fashion. <laughs> yeah, I know I have to agree with that. Like, it's it's a consumerist mindset, and we have to get out of that in so many different ways. Yeah. That was a lovely conversation, Ashley. Yeah. That whole thing. It was that really was good. I learned a lot. Yeah, me too. Um, thank you for your four pages of research. and Yes, Anytime, every time, in fact, I'm sure. I know. Uh, we will definitely be linking some of these um, things in the show notes, um, people that we mentioned and uh, things, et cetera, there. Um, yeah. Thank yeah. you guys for listening and jumping into this uh, conversation. We would love your feedback. Go to our Instagram page. Follow us there. Coconut, uh, at Coconut Grove Pod. Yep. Like, review, subscribe. Give yeah. us your feedback. It yeah, helps. everything. It super mm -hmm. helps. Um, this episode is dropping at the same time as episode one and episode three. So if you haven't already, go give those a listen. Mm -hmm. um, episode one um, was just kind of getting to know us. And then episode three, we talk about psychedelics, um, psychedelic therapy with our very first guest. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much for being a part of our community. And we really look forward to getting to know you guys better. Yeah, and check out our trailer if you want to share with friends and tell them that you're loving this podcast and you don't know what to say. Just throw that trailer on, hit it up. And we are so happy you're here. So. Yeah. Sp spread this podcast like wildfire. You guys, we, we would love to uh, be the voice you listen to when you need a voice. <laughs> cool. In the car at night. Okay. In no. the shower, on Everywhere. the toilet, when you're cleaning. I'm just kidding. Or I'm not. You decide. You be the judge of that. And we'll see you in the next one. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.